0: Broadcasting live to the world now, now, now. it's Sheila Zolensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics time. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing been superseded with Name It and Claim It, Sheila
1: Zelensky.
0: Hello everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zelensky Show. Folks, I want to remind everyone that this ministry is 100% listener supported. I depend solely on the kindness and support and generosity of the listening audience. For those of you right now that are listening to me on Global Star Radio as well as Worldwide Christian Radio, if you are listening on those platforms, please make sure that I stay on them because airtime is expensive. So I need the people that are listening on those platforms. Please do come alongside, partner with us for any amount. I really, really appreciate that. And We've made a lot of very easy, convenient ways for you to support the ministry, including Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, and you can send cash, check, or money order to Sheila Zielinski Ministries, P.O. Box 83120, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T5T 6S1. The information is linked below in the details. Becoming a partner today would mean a lot to us. We want to thank those that are currently supporting. Thank you so much for supporting this ministry. And know that every week we pray for all the supporters, my prayer team and I personally pray for you. So just know that you're getting a lot of prayer. Also, go to SheilaZelinsky.tv If you're looking for a specific archive from us losing our YouTube channel, you can find it over there. And we're going to start uploading on our backup YouTube channel as well. You can go to SheilaZelinsky.com to the listen page and you can find all that information. Well, folks, today I have a fantastic guest and I asked him to come back on to do a show that we did a couple years ago because it is so relevant to today. And uh, we're doing a little bit different version on this, but I cannot wait for him to get into this teaching. It is the one and only. Pastor Monty Mulkey from WCCD.com. They have both Western Colorado Church of Deliverance and West Coast Church of Deliverance, and I'm really excited to have him back on the program. Monty, I'm going to hand you the mic for this incredible teaching. So the mic is yours, my friend. Take it away.
1: Thank you, Sheila. It's so good to be back. It's always a pleasure to get to come and do show with you, and I look forward to doing this as well. I want to give some background a little bit how I came about this message How this came about was years ago, I was with Pastor Wynne Worley and watching him do deliverance. And one time he asked a demon, and I was there, I got to sit in this conversation. He asked the demon, he says, well, where's all the literature about deliverance? And the demon said, oh, we got that head. You're never going to find the material that's been written because there should have been something written throughout the ages about deliverance. Well, I took note of that. And if you remember back a few years when eBay started up, well, I began to search for old books about deliverance and so forth. And there's a few of them that I bought and some were good and some not so much anything. But right before the workshop, as you know, we'd moved into a new house and I was unboxing books and I come across a book that I had bought that I had never read. And so I began to look at it and it was just a little short booklet. It's 45 pages long, but it was written in... In 1866, by George Webster, entitled The Prince of This World. And while I'm working on this, we're also going to get this into a booklet. We're already transcribing it, so... I hope to have it in print before too long but i read this and i thought oh my gosh i got so excited because i had never heard this message in my entire life everything that i've heard and being in deliverance for over 40 years i've heard lots of messages about the devil and it boiled down to everybody makes a comment well when did the devil sin when did he fall and it always goes something like this. Well, millions and millions and millions of years ago, once upon a time, you know, in a faraway land, the devil got prideful in sin. So we've kind of all believed that, but I've never heard a message that was scripturally based that actually talked about the prince of this world, the devil, and when did he fall and and answered so many questions and so being a love of truth i just love this message and we gave it at the last workshop but there's three verses that talk about the prince of this world ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it reads and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians, and he talks about this spirit is still working. Well, first of all, let's look at the Greek definition of a prince because there should be some obvious questions that we should have when we read about the prince of this world, prince of the power of the air. And the Greek definition is the power of authority or the right or privilege, the power of rule or government, the power of those who, who will and commands must be submitted to and obeyed. It's a universally accepted power and authority over mankind. And so the obvious question we should have is, well, who gave the devil this power? How does one become a prince? It's an obvious question, but did the devil just go out there and take on the title of being a prince all by himself? Well, no, not really. And that's what we're going to look at. Definition of a prince in our modern day dictionary, if you look it up, It says that a prince is a male ruler of a small state, but he's subject to a king. So a prince is a ruler ranked below a king and above a duke of a monarch's family. And actually, this is a ranking system that the British nobility still uses today. And this ranking system of nobility is known as peerage, P-E-E-R-A-G-E. And so the British nobility took on what God used from the foundations of the world, the creation of the world, this peerage system. Now, when a king makes someone a prince, it's a lifetime title. So, here we have a male ruler appointed by a king over a portion of the king's empire. So, the obvious question, who made the devil a prince? Well, God the Father did, made Lucifer a prince over a portion of his empire. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 23, let's read this. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, we're going to skip a few verses, but here Jesus is saying he's getting ready to go to the cross to offer up his life. And so, the next few verses talk about this. that It's it's now time. He's going to the cross. In verse 31, he says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Okay, that's a fairly easy verse to understand. And we read that now is the judgment of this world, meaning that up until Jesus went to the cross, the world was not being judged. And then he also said, and now shall a prince of this world be cast out. So obvious deduction from this is that Lucifer was the prince of the world, and he had received this title from God the Father, the King, all the way up until Jesus went to the cross. In John 14.30, this reads, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, he has nothing in me. And it's mentioned again in John 16.11. Talk about judgment, because the prince of this world is judge. Okay, so let's look at this. Jesus is bearing witness to the fact That Satan, the devil, Lucifer, whatever title you want to give, was made prince of this world. Now, it's not a title that Satan took on himself because Jesus himself says Satan is the prince of this world and he was made prince by God the Father. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 also gives us another glimpse of this, and it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The God of this world, meaning Satan or Lucifer, and we also see in 2 Corinthians that even though Jesus has gone to the cross and gave his life, we still see that the God of this world, the prince of this world, still has incredible power and authority, okay? He's still supernatural, to, even to the point that he can blind people's minds from being able to receive salvation. So, back in John, Jesus is announcing a great conflict of evil just prior to his going to the cross, and his wordage now is the judgment. What does that mean? Okay, well, it means Satan was appointed prince over the earth by the king, God the Father, until he was unseated by Jesus at the cross. So, now, now at last, after so many ages of evil rulership, the judgment of this world, of which our Redeemer speaks about, is concerning who shall control this world. And so, we're looking at basically, who is and who is not the true prince of this world, or who is and who is not to be cast out. So we have a history proceeding is implied by the words now is. So all of the history before Jesus said that means that Satan Lucifer was the prince of this world. Follow me with some verses and I'll explain as we keep going along. John twelve twenty six. Let's read this verse. I'm filling in in between now where we read before. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now, what does that mean? Well, it takes on a little bit different meaning. If we go back and consider peerage, if we go back and look at levels and ranks of authority of monarchy, and Jesus is speaking just prior to saying, I'm going to cast out the prince of this world, and he's saying, if any man serve me, that is, if they will come under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, instead of their previous one that they submitted to, which is Lucifer or Satan, if any man serve me, you'll be my servant, and the Father will honor that. Verse 27, now is my soul troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour for this this cause I came unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Uh, This is fantastic. And this, folks, literally means something. Take the whole conversation. Jesus is saying, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. And when I go to the cross, I am going to unseat the devil from his throne. I am going to strip him of his rank of prince. And if anyone chooses to serve me, then you'll be in heaven with me, basically, where he's going. And the Father spoke audibly. (laughs) During the changing of the prince in charge over the earth, the Father speaks audibly, and the people heard it. God the Father put his. His seal of authority on this fact that what Jesus was saying is true. I am now going to make Jesus Christ the real, the new prince of this world. And it was so important thing that it's one of the few times where God spoke audibly in the earth. Verse 29, the people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, this came Not because of me, but for your sakes, okay? This is important, folks, and one of the great things of this message is that it should help strengthen your authority to do deliverance. Your authority over things that that God has given you authority as a believer in Christ. And this is just what Jesus is saying, because he knew who he was because the next verse says, this he said signifying what death he should die. If I be lifted up from the earth, that is, if I hang on the cross above the ground, then I will be able to draw all men unto me. That is, the price will have been paid. This is fantastic. John twelve forty six. he says, I'm come A light into this world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now, this is important because as we get into this teaching, you're going to see that Satan was the light of the world. As the newly commissioned prince over planet Earth, back when the world was created, he was made the light of this world. And he remained that prince, that light, until he was unseated by Jesus. And Jesus states, but I am come to be a light, a new light, unto this world, that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I come not to judge the world, but to save the world. That is, he's coming to save the world, take it out of the dominion, control, control of the devil. John 8:44. This is interesting as well. And this is where he tells the scribes and Pharisees concerning the prince of this world. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he bowed not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He's the father of lying. Now, here we see some important things about Lucifer, Satan. What we could say is that the count of indictment against Lucifer are two counts: lying and murder. And it's said in terms of the lying that he is the father of it. So he's he's not branded as a common liar, but the father or the inventor of lying. Okay, so some point in history there was no lying. There was no murder. It says he was a murderer from the beginning. Well, many people read that millions and millions of years ago, but that's not what it means. He was a murderer from the beginning. What beginning? When he was made prince of the world. So, we all know that Satan did, in plain terms, lay claim to the principality of this world. Follow me to Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. And here we have the temptations of Jesus by Satan. Verse 5 says, The devil took him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He should give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, it's interesting to note, as Jesus answers the devil, he doesn't call him a liar. He doesn't say, Satan, what you're saying is not true. He doesn't even challenge what's being said. Verse 8, it reads, Again the devil took him up into exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So this claim of ownership, empire, Jesus makes no objection to it. So by his silence on that point, by answering only the temptation, Jesus is confirming its truth. What truth? The truth that the devil had all these kingdoms, that he was prince over these kingdoms of the world, and he could give them to Jesus. Also, we see here that the intent of Jesus was to come and to cast out the prince of this world. How can one be cast out of an official position that he was never in? Okay, I think I need to repeat that because that went over your head. How can somebody be cast out of an official position that he's never in? So, these verses, Jesus is saying that up until he went to the cross, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, was the prince of this world, and by peerage, by the authority given him by God the Father, he was given control over this domain, this partial plot of the kingdom, the earth, from God the Father to, to uh, be over it. So, the adversary only proclaims and invests a title and dominion that's granted him by deed of gift from the Creator, the true owner, for he was, as yet, still a prince at the temptation. Jesus plainly called him a prince, so without condition or qualification, not only once, But in three places, Jesus confirms that Satan was the prince of this world. I say was because it's now past tense since Jesus went to the cross. Now, Satan, liar though he may be, did not lie in this particular statement when he said, To whomsoever I will, I give it. For it is said of the beast in Revelation that the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. So, his proposition to Jesus, all shall be thine, was a bona fide offer. In other words, Satan was, at the time of the temptation here on earth, he was the prince by official divine acknowledgement. But why would the devil do this? Well, let's look at peerage once again. Peerage means... God the Father, the King is over all, and then Jesus, then the Prince of this world, and then Adam and Eve. Satan was attempting to get Jesus to submit under his level of peerage instead of the other way around. Now, Satan was given Prince of this world, but Jesus was the Prince over God's kingdom. Okay, there's a a difference. So, the prince generally usually is family member and takes over after God the Father. So, we have the Trinity, God the Father is king, Jesus is prince next in line, then the Holy Spirit, but not until you get to earth did Satan have any authority. So, let's look about this, the installation of the prince of this world. Well, when did that happen? That should be another great question when did the prince of this world when was he made the prince and we're going to look at that as well as another question when did the prince of this world fall was it really millions and millions of years ago as the evolutionists would have us believe for most church doctrines well look at this it's inconceivable that satan who also earned the title the great adversary of the world would have received that title before God had appointed him prince of this world, okay? So, if he had become the great adversary of the world, then he had to receive that title after he was already prince of this world. To an avowed enemy of humanity, God surely would not have appointed him as prince then. So, it's logical instead that first Satan was made a prince, then his fall... And after his fall, he had become the adversary of the world. So the date of his installation as prince of this world had to have happened before Adam and Eve fell and before he earned the title Great Adversary of the World. Also, how could Lucifer or anyone be made a prince and ruler over the world before the world was even created it's not likely that God would have made him prince over world if the world hadn't even been made yet. So, logic and scripture points us the direction that when God began the creation work of this world, when the announcement was made that the work of creation was started all the way up till the seven days when the creation was done, Lucifer, from his beginning, when God created the angels, from his beginning, he must have been even though he became the originator of sin, if he was impure from prior to the creation of the world, again, he doubtly would have been installed as prince over it if he was impure. But we are already looked at so many verses as he was, in fact, a prince of this world. So, he must have been made prince of this world before he sinned. Lucifer, among the angelic morning stars, probably sang for joy Shouted for joy at the creation of planet Earth. Just thinking, just think of eternity going on in heaven. Eternity, eternity was going on, and then one day God says, I'm going to make an earth, we're going to make creation. In the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, and I'm sure it was an exciting day because they'd never ever seen anything like this before. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 reads, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light." So, just reading what it says, we see that God created the heaven and the earth, and after it was formed, the earth was formed, God said, let there be light. I always had a question about this. I'll read on. Verse 4, God saw the light that it was good. Okay, so this light, whatever it was, God said it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, if you study any Hebrew, this is an absolute that this was day one, the very first day. And scripture says this, the first day God made heaven and earth and a light. So there was a light over the world. Now, bear in mind that this light that was light enough to be called day was there before God made the sun. Okay. Genesis 1.14, let's continue. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs, seasons, for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so. And God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. Now, this is not the same light that he made on day one, because this is a different day. And every day of creation, God specifically did something each and every day. So, stay with me. He made a greater light and a lesser light, and he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and rule over the day and over the night to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Again, simply what does that mean? God put a light over the earth on day one. On day four of creation, God made the sun and the moon. So when God said, let there be light, this very light bearer fitly named was God's agent in its shining and this was Lucifer Lucifer was the earth's light before the creation of a sun and moon this was the crowning coronation time when Lucifer probably was made prince God made the earth and said I need there to be a light and he called Lucifer forward and crowned him. If you get the picture of like when the queen knights a guard or somebody and she puts a sword on the shoulders and so forth, it's a ceremony. And it's the same with making a prince. Lucifer was crowned in Isaiah 14, 12, which we'll look at later. It talks about Lucifer, the shining one, The Hebrew here says Lucifer means light bearer. He was a morning star. Lucifer of the king of Babylon. And it's Lucifer is only used once in scriptures. So the crowning of Prince Lucifer, the crowning of making Satan prince happened right after God created the world. The ceremony probably said, be thou bright Lucifer, light bearing son of dawn, this paradise of the king. Then the earth was... As soon as created the extensive grant of a new dominion that accompanied and gave emphasis to Satan's lofty title of Prince of this World. This before Adam existed, Lucifer was installed as Prince of this World. So, God the Father as sovereign, Jesus the heir of all things, Lucifer, a prince over God's creation of earth and over Adam. Who was to come next? So, at this time, day one of creation, two things are established. As a subordinate ruler, a prince with delegated power, he could only be involved in with malfeasance only in the administration of his own province. Now, let me explain that. And that means a wrongdoing or misconduct, especially by a public official. So, when did Satan sin? Well, he didn't sin. He didn't fall before he was made prince, and he could only be charged with malfeasance with the administration over his own provinces. That had to have happened somewhere between the creation of the earth and the fall of Adam. So, when precisely did all this change? When was the sin and fall of Satan Was it millions and millions and millions of years ago that they would have us to believe in a land far, far away? No, it happened after he was made prince of this world. The day came in the seven days of creation, the day came when God said, let us make man in our image. And God blessed them and said, Adam, Eve, be fruitful, multiply. And it says he gave them dominion over the fish and the fowl and every living thing on the earth. Why would God give them dominion over animal life and plant life and things like that? Well, because they were they were man. They were human beings and they needed to eat. So God gave mankind starting with Adam and Eve, he also gave them over the things of the earth. Now, we're speculating, we don't know because scripture doesn't say, but perhaps it was at this point that Lucifer thought, "Hey, wait a minute." I'm the prince of this world. I should have dominion over the fish and the fowl and so forth, not Adam. Now, maybe Prince Lucifer misunderstood peerage. If he understood peerage, then he would know that when Adam was appointed to a subordinate position, that his peerage was, he had to submit to the prince of this world. Once again, Father, the king, Jesus, the heir, Lucifer, son of the morning, then Adam and Eve a little lower than the angels. Follow me to Psalm eight four, chapter eight, verse four. This says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the Son of Man that thou visiteth him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his feet all sheep, oxen, yea, beasts of the field, fowl of the air, fish of the sea, whatsoever passes through the path of the sea, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Now, this is before Jesus goes to the cross, but it tells us that in peerage, Adam and Eve, or all mankind, they too were crowned They received a crown of glory and honor. They, too, were given dominion, food, fowl, and so forth. And in other words, they were to be responsible for the things of the earth. So, Adam's dominion, though expressly limited in terms of grant, is to the material creation. And notice that it says that mankind, beginning with Adam and Eve, they were crowned with glory and honor. So they too had a ceremony of crowning, uh, crowning ordination time where they were given authority. Who gave man authority over the things of earth? God the Father did. Why would Lucifer have an occasion to quarrel over any dominion that God The father, the king, gave to mankind because, I mean, what was Satan going to do with the fish anyway? He didn't need to eat. Adam and Eve needed to have dominion because they needed to eat and live, clothe on this earth, but Satan didn't have this. Adam, we're seeing, was still lower in the scale of power and intelligence. He was basically appointed steward of the household to deal with material at hand to. Subdue, beautify, etc., things of that sort. It would be needful of Adam to render and give account to his prince. Who was his prince? Well, Satan was. Satan, the prince of this world. And so he had to bow to or submit to that prince because Satan was next in line and then Jesus and then the Father. But since Lucifer fell, and since the death of Jesus Christ on the cross that link was broke and man's accountability now is to Christ. So we've looked at the sin, the fall, the motive. Adam's fall was also Satan's fall. Turn with to Genesis chapter 3 verse 13 with me. This reads, "The Lord God said unto woman, What is this that thou hast done?" And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Well, you know, we always had this question. Why did she listen to the devil saying, oh, you can eat of that tree. It's okay. God The father didn't mean it that way, and he deceived her. Why was she listening to the devil? Because they were in submission to the devil, who was the prince of this world. And they probably had, prior to this time of eating of the tree, they probably had multiple conversations. It was a common, ordinary thing. She didn't see anything wrong. And so, verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle, and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed, her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. Okay, we see so much in here that just goes over our, our head when we read it. Satan was not cursed by God until after he made Adam and Eve sin, beguile them to eat of the fruit of the tree. So up until this point, Satan had not fallen. He had not sinned. He had not done anything. And notice it also says, verse 15, and I will put enmity, hatred, or a split, a relational split, hatred between Satan and mankind. So, until Adam and Eve ate of the tree, and until after God cursed him, there was no enmity between Satan and mankind. So, Satan could not have been the adversary of the world, because that's where this happened. So, at this time, meaning that hatred, a breach in relationships that wasn't there before happened. Prior to the eating of the tree, they were on friendly speaking terms, with the devil, directly submitted to Satan, the prince of this world, their superior, supernatural in power and wisdom, and they had no reason to doubt or understand his treachery against the sovereign God. Still with me, folks. Turn to Isaiah 14, 12. Here we read a little bit more, because, see, all of Scripture paints this picture that I'm giving to you today. Chapter 14, verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne in heaven above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell or translated Sheol, Luke 10:18. He said unto them, Jesus speaking, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So there's more scripture concerning Lucifer and his removal from office. 1 John 3, 8 tells us, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning, from the creation, from the temptation in the garden. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So there was a future plan made by God to take back the kingdom of this world from Lucifer and give it to his son, Jesus. So this message, the good news is that Jesus going to the cross was to restore mankind's fallen position again, restored to our heavenly position. So when Jesus died on the cross, Lucifer's position was stripped from him, and man was crowned and placed in the peerage above Satan and above angels. Revelation twelve nine reads the great dragon was cast out the old serpent called the devil Satan which deceives the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him cast out what well he was already here so what it means is he was cast out of his princely throne the book of Job Chapter 1 sheds another amazing light concerning the devil. When the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, Oh, from going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. So, in the days of Job, Satan is still prince of this world. Ezekiel 28, verse 13. This tells us, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Okay. Uh, just as we've taught up to this point, Lucifer was made prince of this world, and he was in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardes, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onks, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth now here's another term prophet ezekiel says that satan lucifer was the anointed cherub that covered in other words he was once again the prince of this world he was the covering for this world it says and i have set thee so thou wast upon the holy mountain of god thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, until iniquity was found in thee." Before God made Satan Prince, he was perfect in his creation. Until iniquity was found in him, when was iniquity found in him? Well, after being in the Garden of Eden, and he deceived Adam and Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree. Let's continue. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee out, as profane, out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub. So, Ezekiel is prophesying of a future time that's going to happen to Lucifer, son of the morning, or covering cherub. Now, the Hebrew meaning of cherubs says it's an angelic being as guardian of Eden. As flanking God's throne, or it's an image form of hovering over. So, God made him as a prince or a covering cherub of a guardian over the world. So, God put Lucifer in the garden, and that was when he was crowned prince. Ezekiel says, I have set thee so, and until iniquity was found in thee. Again, when? Well, that happened in the garden again Lucifer did not sin millions and millions of years ago in a faraway land he sinned and fell in the garden that's when he was cursed he was not cursed prior to that because he was perfect in his creation God cursed him when he fell Genesis 3:24 so he drove out man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to Keep the way of the tree of life. So at that time, God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden. And it's interesting to note that we don't see or read anywhere that Lucifer was driven out of the Garden of Eden. It just says that he was cursed. In fact, he wasn't even stripped of his title of prince. Remember, to become a prince, if you were appointed, was a lifetime title. And so it wasn't something that would very easily taken away from, and it required a lot of doing, and that's when the Father spoke audibly. and Jesus gave up his life as a sacrifice for mankind to redeem or to buy us back from the hands of the devil. So, you may say, well, Pastor Mike, this is interesting. What significance does this have for us? Well, number one, because it's truth, and the more truth that we have, the more truth We can build upon. And when I found this booklet and I read this, I mean, I got so excited. I mean, tears come to my eyes. I thought, you know, I've listened to messages for all my life. I have never, ever heard this message or even seen this in scripture. I was taught that Lucifer sinned way back in time somewhere before Earth was ever created. And he he fell then. But not so. Lucifer was Prince over Adam and Eve, when he caused them to sin against the Father. Again, Ezekiel is prophesying about the coming fall of Lucifer's reign, while he's still crowned as prince of this world. So, the judgment seat has yet to happen. The judgment seat where Lucifer's final sentence is to happen, and that's when he's cast into the lake of fire, that will happen at the judgment seat of the throne, which is yet to happen. So, summing things up, Jesus came to earth, offered up his life as a sacrifice to us, and he has changed the peerage for mankind. Before Adam and Eve, the peerage was Father the King, Jesus the heir, Lucifer son of the morning, and then Adam and Eve. When Jesus died on the cross and gave his life for us, he changed our peerage. It now reads, Father the King, Jesus the heir, us or mankind, over Lucifer, son of the morning, over angels. So in Christ, if you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior by asking him to come into your heart, then God adopts you and sets you in position above Lucifer, above fallen angels, and above all angels in heaven. God gave Dominion to Adam and Eve. He even crowned them, but He has given us in Christ much, much, even more. We are now positionally above angels, where Adam was underneath angels. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. You should be really getting excited to this point. God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If you receive Christ as your Savior, then you are crowned and are placed in the peerage above Satan and all angels. Hebrews 3.1 reads, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Oh, Folks, if you've become a Christian, we've been crowned. We have been given spiritual position in the heavenly peerage in the Father's kingdom, whereas before you were a slave unto sin, you were still bound to or under dominion to the devil. But now you are adopted as children of the king. Now you are even over angels. So now maybe you can understand your position and authority and start commanding some things to be Start commanding your Red Sea to part. Start commanding the demons to leave. You've been given authority. You have been crowned. There was a ceremony done for you when you received Christ as your Savior. And if, uh, for some reason, that picture of being knighted where, where the king takes his sword and he puts it over each shoulder back and forth and makes him a knight. Well, we've been made prince. We've been given position to even sit on the very throne with Christ Jesus. Colossians. One nine reads, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Now, God is saying, I've crowned you, I've knighted you, so walk worthy of this unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So we have taken. Lucifer's position away and in fact the saints in light are now the light of this world it goes on who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son I've preached this before about the devil's kingdom but when Jesus Christ came and gave his life he took us out of the devil's kingdom where he was prince and he put us into his kingdom So, folks, this should give you just undoubtedly understanding of all the authority that you have over the devil, over demons, because God has crowned you higher. He's brought you into the peerage. It goes on, in whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all the things that were created, by the way, that's that's peerage there, dominions, thrones, principalities, and powers, and Paul, as he's writing to the Colossians, he's telling folks, if you've received Christ as your Savior, God has given you a position over and above the prince, the old prince of this world, and he is the head of the body, Jesus, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn. From the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Uh, Again, we've been translated out from Lucifer's kingdom. We've been translated out of, from underneath the prince of this world, into the heavenly kingdom of the Son of God. Oh, folks, the power and authority given to us, it has been conferred upon us a princehood. We have been crowned an eternal title. When you are given a title and position in peerage, it's given for life. If it's been given, then it's been given. God said it. This even goes along with what I've recently taught on eternal salvation, because it's eternal title. So again, what does all this mean to us? Colossians 2.10 says that you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, buried with him in baptism, we're in, that's verse 12, verse 13, dead in your sins, quickened together, blotted out the handwriting of ordinances against us. Ah, this is fantastic. And having, verse 15, spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Well, glory to God. We are now seated above the fallen prince of this world, over fallen angels and over all the angels of all creation. That's exciting. Ephesians 119 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, dominion, Every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. And folks, the authority and the crowning that God did for Jesus, Jesus also shares with us. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 12. He talks about being caught up into the third heaven. Folks, again, when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God crowns you to a new spiritual position above Lucifer, fallen angels, angels of God. And you have power and authority over demons. Folks, you should never doubt when you're commanding a demon to go. They have to go because you've been given a position above and over all that of demons. Once you see the picture of peerage, once you see the picture of... The king having a ceremony and crowning somebody into an eternal position, that should give you such an excitement and a, a confidence that you have authority over demons. Yes, I know they have supernatural power, but you have been made above them because God the Father said so. He even said so in an audible voice in the beginning. So when you say, demons, get out, it has to go. Not only evil spirits, but you also have the authority to use or command angels Good angels, holy angels, because you've been placed over them. Use the angels in deliverance. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Well, they are underneath us in the peerage because we have now been set over angels and you have authority to use angels in deliverance is one place we use them. The psalms are full of verses about have the angel persecute the evil one, have the angel smite them, and you can pray the psalms like Psalm 37. Matthew 16:19 reads, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is your crowning. When you ask Christ to come into your heart to forgive you of your sins, you are given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And the keys are, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. God has made you a prince, an under prince. Jesus is the prince of the world. He's the head of it. And he shares his princehood with us. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We use that verse when we loose angels to go and do something. And this teaching should give you such extreme confidence. Devil, you are under me, because God the Father decreed it. Matthew 18, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The reason you can do this is because God positionally puts you higher than the old prince of this world, higher than fallen angels. Again, I say unto you, two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Folks, I want you to get this confidence and assurance of your power and your position given you and this teaching on the prince of the world gives you full understanding of what's happened the prince of this world was stripped of his title when jesus died on the cross he is still a supernatural foe he is still here on earth but we have delegated power and authority over all the power of the devil so use it should just make you fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. Folks, this is a great time to actually do some deliverance. Let's take authority over the power of the enemy and do some deliverance. I'm going to do a group deliverance, and all you have to do is agree with me. Let's take authority over these demons and just command them to go, because demons reside on the inside. They came in before you got saved, and they don't all leave at salvation, so sometimes we have to use our authority and tell them to get out. So Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, and all those who are listening to the message, if they desire deliverance, Father, we lift them up, Father, and I pray that you begin to deliver them, Father, from all the power of the enemy, in Jesus' name. I loose your angels to go now and aid and assist in their deliverance, to bind up every evil spirit and to take them where Jesus would have them to go. I command all the evil spirits of doubt and unbelief of fear of the devil fear of demons fear of confronting evil in jesus name doubt and unbelief of their authority in jesus name i take authority over all you spirits you get out in the name of the lord jesus christ you have been made to sit in heavenly places folks you have been made to set higher than all demons leave demons in jesus name every evil spirit all destruction all witchcraft, every spirit that causes an addiction unto sin or causes sin problems or inability to stop sinning. Father, I loose your angels to go and set your people free right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for you have given us power to cast out evil spirits. In Jesus' name, you demons, come out right now. Loose God's people. Folks, whatever you need deliverance of, just fill in the title and tell it to go in Jesus' name all addictions, all fear, all rejections in Jesus' name, all spirits of pride, spirits of lust, destruction, problems, trouble, poverty, lack, want, need, automatic failure, all the spirits that are causing you to fail and to sin. You get out of God's people now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loose their money, their finances, their health, and get out in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that you'll bless your people. Pray for restoration in their finances. I pray for healing in their body. Cause them to become victorious overcomers in everything in their life, Lord. Teach them, show them, and give them victory in every battle that is before them, Lord. Give them victory in Jesus' name today. And Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah for giving us authority to cast out evil spirits in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this message. We pray for your spirit to go with it and to help people to see and understand their position in Christ Jesus. And in his name we pray today. Amen and amen.
0: Well, Monty, what an incredible, powerful teaching. Wow. I'm sure people will be just amazed by this. I'm hoping everyone shares this around your social media. Now, in the waning moments, Monty, just tell folks again where they can find all your handiwork. This is important, too, that you have a Sunday service. Could you just talk briefly about that?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, folks, you can find us at www.wccc d.com west coast church of deliverance and there we have different material booklets and cds and so forth keep track because i also hope to put this teaching on the prince of this world into a booklet and we'll try to get it available as soon as possible so many people that don't have a deliverance church or anywhere to go to learn more about deliverance so we made it so that people can log into our church service and they're more than welcome to join us at the bottom of the first page there's a link for conference call and it gives you the directions on how you can link in and you can listen it's just audio not video you can listen to our sunday morning services at 11 a.m., Mountain Standard Time, Montrose, Colorado. So you'll have to find out what that time is in your time zone, and you're welcome to join and listen into to the services. And we try to always do a, a certain measure of deliverance, so you might get some real good deliverance. Be surprised what happens from Sunday to Sunday.
0: Absolutely recommend it. I, I myself tune in there when I can. I really can't say enough about West Coast Church of Deliverance, Monty. You know that deliverance is really not being taught. I think that what you offer there is just priceless for people. So thank you again for your ministry, Monty, and thank you for coming on the show.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Sheila. And it was an an honor and a joy to, to get to be on your show again. Look forward to talking with you again. Amen.
0: Folks, that was Monty Mulkey. His information is linked below in the description. I hope you were very blessed by this show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.